0: Hi, this is Misty Greer, and my shop is Misty Danger Blue.
1: Hi, I'm Jamie of Doo.
0: Hello, my name is Jana, and I'm creator Vondama. Hi, I'm
2: Mary. And I'm Tess. And this is the Etsy Success Podcast.
3: We're part of the seller marketing team here at Etsy, broadcasting from Etsy's headquarters in Brooklyn.
2: This podcast is powered by Etsy and is your source for tips on improving your shop and for inspiration from your fellow sellers. Hey guys, before we start the show, we want to give a shout out to another podcast that we love and we think you'll love too. It's called the Etsy Conversations Podcast and it's a show about, for, and by Etsy sellers just like you. It's hosted by Ijama Elazou, who's an Etsy shop owner herself. Her shop is called Simply Craft Supplies, and she interviews Etsy sellers about how they've built successful creative businesses. She also talks to other experts in their niche, so she's featured an accountant who shared tips for managing your finances, and recently a Facebook Live strategist who talked about enhancing your marketing through video. I love listening to Jama's podcast because she shows a really genuine interest in her guests and their paths on Etsy. She asks thoughtful questions that are unique to each seller and their areas of expertise. And because of this, her show is full of fresh, actionable advice and really just honest conversations between like-minded entrepreneurs. So, for instance, she recently interviewed Alicia from the Etsy shop One Blushing Bride. And I just love this conversation because Alicia talks about some very real doubts and fears that she experienced when she began her business, which also resonated with Ijama, and she talks about that a bit too. But I was just so inspired by Alicia because she quit her job as a paralegal before her shop had truly taken off so she could focus on her business and make it her full-time job. And when she did, she actually ended up exceeding her previous salary. So they talk all about how she got to that point and what she's learned along the way is so great at sharing helpful resources on her show and on her website, which are both full of education that she's found useful in her own experience as a business owner and specifically in her Etsy shop. She also just created a new audio tutorial resource called The Seller's Resource, and you can find more info on that at thesellersresource.com. So check out the Etsy Conversations podcast by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Again, that's Etsy Conversations with Ijama Elazu, and you can learn more on her website, Convome.com. So today we're talking a bit about buyer behavior. So that's how shoppers find Etsy, why they're buying, and why they come back. So one thing that sellers ask about a lot is how to reel in and keep those shoppers. One of the best ways that I think you can think about this is just thinking about your own experience as a buyer. Do you remember the last thing you bought on Etsy,
3: Mary? I I do. I remember it very vividly, especially because I am wearing them right now. (laughs) Yeah, I just bought these earrings. They're like leather and cork. They're really cool and funky. I didn't Um, know they were leather.
2: They kind of look brassy.
3: I know. Yeah, I know. It's very neat. And I bought them because Taylor, who spoke on the podcast many months ago for our holiday shipping episode, she had bought these earrings and posted on her Instagram story a picture of these Mm. because she was excited that she had got them. And I immediately pinged her and was like, is it okay if I also (laughs) buy this? Like, can this just be our team uniform. Like, are we cool with that? And she gave me the okay and and I just bought it from my phone. Right away. I, like, yeah. It was so fast. I just bought it from the Etsy app on my phone. When you know, you know. Exactly. And so I was, like, really into it. I get compliments on it all the time. And Taylor and I have yet to wear them on the same day, which is interesting.
2: (laughs) It'll happen. Don't don't I think it'll
3: happen. I think it'll happen and we'll have to take a picture together. Yeah. It's funny
2: because the last thing I bought on Etsy I also had found from a shop that I found out about on Instagram. It's a Vintage shop, and I remember seeing someone post about them and checking out the shop, and finally being able to fulfill my dream of getting like vintage military trousers. Mm -hmm. I'd been looking for some for a while, and then now I have a bunch of things from them. The last things that I bought were socks pretty riveting stuff, but I you've been on the
3: hunt, though it's been a really big (laughs)
2: deal for you. I have a mission for cute socks right now because that's never been a thing i have really focused on. So it's my mission for the summer. I'm here for it. But then going back to that whole thing of how do you keep buyers coming back to your shop? I think one thing is how important that personal connection is
3: for people who are shopping on Etsy. Yeah. And like having a story that resonates with the buyer and the story that they want to tell, especially if it's a gifting thing or if it's something for themselves. Mm-hmm. I know, I actually was the second time I had bought from this shop, but I had for Christmas bought for my mom this set of it was homemade tomato sauce and pestos and it was from this seller who's lives in the United States but came here from Italy and one of the reasons that I wanted to buy that for my mom for Christmas is that last year my so my mom is third generation Italian and in the last year my mom has like lost like the last you know pieces of her family that are Mm. are from Italy Mm -hmm. um, and her connection to that and that's been such a big part of her upbringing you know like remembering making pasta in her grandma's kitchen and that kind of thing that I just wanted her to like have that kind of thing and so this woman yeah, it came from Italy. It's, like, her home family recipe. And then when she opened it, I was able to tell her that story. And then it was, like, from, you know, this woman in Italy. And it mm. kind of, like, touched her in a way that I think that it wouldn't have if I was just, like, I bought you this really nice tomato sauce because I thought that you would like it. Yeah. Like, maybe cook with dad. <laughs> yeah. Which is, like, also a nice thing, but it just took it a step further, I think, for yeah. me. And I and she really appreciated that. And I will definitely buy from again yeah
2: i mean it adds more meaning to the gift you know it adds layers rather than just here's this thing
3: Mm -hmm. yeah and And it made me
2: look really good and really (laughs) yeah made you look great seller looks great it's a win-win situation and that personal connection doesn't always have to be in your story necessarily like it can mean just being really responsive to your combos adding personal touches to your packaging or really going the extra mile to get a custom order like just right um, I always remember when sellers answer my questions really quickly, or when the packaging is really lovely.
3: Yeah, actually, with the seller who had made the sauces and stuff like that, she packaged it so beautiful. I don't, it didn't ask for gift wrap, but it it was just like such a lovely little basket. Mm-hmm. And I, I got the package. I just took it out of the box and put it under the <laughs> Christmas tree. I was like, I'm done. That's it. I did yeah. it, and it was great.
2: Yeah, it's, it's moments like that that you really do remember the seller and want to come back to their shop for that reason. So I talked with my guest for today's episode about all of that and more. We talk about how buyers are finding Etsy shops and how important those personal connections with the seller are and so much more. Her name is Michaela Kingston, and she's Etsy's senior manager of buyer research. She and her team talk with buyers about how they shop on Etsy, tracking what motivates them and what keeps them coming back to the site. So, Michaela, thanks for being here today. Tell me a little bit about your background and what you and your team do here at Etsy. Well,
4: thanks so much for having me. So I started out my career in what you would call traditional market research. So think very old school focus groups where you travel around the world and talk to people about all sorts of stuff with two way glass mirrors and people sitting in the back room. So. I've talked to people about everything that they buy under the sun, from potato chips to jeans to health insurance, you name it. And so my job is really just about talking to people and understanding them and really giving them a voice here at Etsy in what we build and what those experiences are like for them and how we can improve products for them. And my team here specifically supports all buyer research. And that's both qualitative, so think all the face-to-face stuff. We chat with them. We do shop-alongs alongside them. We also test out new products. And the quantitative side, so that's more of the hard numbers, surveys, and, and customer experience tracking. What did you
2: learn about potato chips in your <laughs> research?
4: Interestingly, I have learned a lot about the noise that the bag package oh. makes and how that affects repurchase rate.
2: I feel like it's impossible to eliminate the noise all that much.
4: It is. And some people, when you remove too much noise, they don't like it and they want more of the shuffle back. Wow. (laughs) Lots, lots of stories from traveling the road and talking to people. Very
2: cool. Well, there are so many things that people want to know about what buyers are thinking, but let's just start by going over some basic demographics. So can you tell me a little bit about who the average Etsy buyer is?
4: This is probably the question I get the most. Mm -hmm. Who is our buyer? It's also, it can be the hardest question to answer. And that's because it's really hard to average out who our buyer is. Etsy is all about being a place where any one person can find just the thing for them. We sell millions of things. So similarly, it can be challenging to just say, this is what our average buyer looks like. But I'll try to give you a more satisfying answer than that. So our current average buyer is mid-30s, and that's globally, not just in the US. And just keep in mind that a lot of the numbers I'm gonna point out today are Mm self-reported because we don't require a lot of that basic demographic information. Right. You might notice that I'm also saying she. So our buyer tends to be female also tends to be married, living in suburban areas, with a healthier household income. And I often describe her as a milestoner. So she's someone that is buying, gifting, and shopping for key holidays and life stages. So think things like buying or renting your first place, celebrating other people that are buying or renting their first place, weddings, babies, all of these things are very popular amongst our buyers. Buyers tend to stick with us too. So they celebrate a lot of these key life stages and these milestones. That's why I call them the milestoneers because they don't just stick with us for one, but they tend to come back and celebrate those things with us, which is pretty neat. So
2: how do those buyers tend to find out about the Etsy shops that they're buying from?
4: Mostly we see it from SEO and social. And more recently, we're seeing that buyers are also increasingly coming to us directly, meaning they're actually going in and typing etsy.com in their phones are um, on their desktops, which is pretty neat. So when I say SEO, just for those that might not be well-versed, this means visits that are directed to Etsy via a search engine like Google. So you type something in, you're looking for a red summer hat and you might see a search result that directs you to Etsy. So social traffic, this is all about people following the thread from those very important social media outlets that you might have heard of, like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Unfamiliar. Um, (laughs) Might have heard of those. Those things are very important in helping buyers follow the thread of who you are, find you. It's another proof point for getting to know you and being familiar with what you sell. So with that said, if you haven't checked it out, you should definitely check out the social media tool. It's a great resource to help you share content and shop updates and things like that.
2: Yeah. And for those of you who haven't tried that tool yet, we'll include a link to a Seller Handbook article about it so you can check it out.
4: Yeah. And to me, social is really powerful. It's sort of the new word of mouth marketing. Word of mouth is very powerful. And word of mouth is kind of one-to-one, but if you think about social, it's of the new viral word of mouth where it's one to many so that's why social is just an invaluable form of building up your trust and building up your presence
2: Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've ended up buying something from someone after my friend posted about it on Instagram, and then, you know, I also still follow them and continue to purchase from them, and the way that I even made that first purchase was in part because I trust my friend's opinion, and if they had a good shopping experience with that seller, I feel confident I probably will too, so I didn't even really think twice about making that purchase.
4: And one more thing to add here, which is really interesting, is a lot of our traffic is new or prospective buyers. And what we found is that we have a really limited window to tell our story. So I like to share with sellers a good rule of thumb is just imagine that we dropped a brand-new Etsy buyer on each of your listings or on your shop homepage. What would you want them to see, and what would you want them to understand immediately? Are you telling your story? Do they get you? Do they understand your aesthetic? Again, just imagine they're blindfolded and kind of – dropped into your shop, what would they know? Speaking of
2: listings, next I wanted to talk about just the whole anatomy of a listing. Like what parts of the listing are people looking at first and what parts influence their decision to make a
4: purchase? So photos are the number one thing that buyers look at. Not surprising. And in one of our buyer surveys, 90% of shoppers said that the quality of photos were extremely or very important to their purchase decision. 90% is a lot. We're visual beings and images can be processed way faster than words. Photos are really the most visceral way that buyers can interpret the item. It's the closest thing they have to touching and feeling and actually picking up your product. But understandably, that's asking a lot from photos. And just like I said about our buyer, there's no one size fits all approach, but there are some key ingredients to a successful photo that we found over time.
2: Yeah, what have you found buyers are really looking for in a photo?
4: First is white backgrounds. These tend to help your products pop and look cleaner. And when in doubt, this studio style shot is a really great starting place. Secondly, variation. More images, more angles, and all of those contextual cues that you can provide really help a buyer kind of size up and scale how large, how big that item is. Is it gonna fit me? Mm -hmm. So for instance, if you're selling a piece of furniture, help buyers envision what it would look like in a room and get a sense of its relative size. So if you're selling a coffee table, try to style it in a room where a buyer might actually put it. We've also found that process shots are really effective on Etsy. So. These are the the behind-the-scenes looks into how you're making, step-by-step, what you're doing. This helps tell your story about what makes your items really unique and really different. And this is what really, truly differentiates buying on Etsy, is really seeing that human on the other side that made this thing come to life. And lastly, styling tips. These tips can help give buyers confidence about your craft and your aesthetic, and it helps them figure out how to accomplish or complete a look. So styling can mean things like lifestyle shots, grouping things that are complementary together. And if this one stumps you, do some searching online to see how others are styling their shots. And I recommend starting with Google, actually, and social media, because this is where buyers are, and this is often what they're comparing you against.
2: Yeah, and if you're looking for more photo tips, you can check out our Ultimate Guide to Product Photography on the Seller Handbook. We'll link to that in the description for this episode.
4: So... After photography, what are buyers looking at? Price. Price is a big factor. And it's not just your item price and what buyers can afford. I want to mention that because buyers are really looking at the total cost. And when I say total cost, I mean the price of your item and the price of shipping. And that has a huge influence on the purchase decision, particularly if it feels disproportionate to the item itself. And it's really a mental math game for buyers. So most are calculating, does this shipping make sense to me? How does that compare to the actual thing that I'm buying? So for instance, we'll often hear from buyers things like, I just bought this five dollar card, why am I paying four dollars for shipping? That doesn't right. that doesn't feel right. Or I found a t-shirt that's $35, but shipping is 12 So it might make total sense by the numbers, but for a buyer, they really have to calculate that own math in their head and trade off, is this really worth it compared to the thing that I want to buy? And outside of costs, buyers are also looking at shipping speed. And shipping speed to buyers is them thinking, okay, I just found this thing. Now, how long do I have to wait to receive it? And shipping speed is really important around the holidays or for when you're buying a gift. And that's when buyers have a deadline or a drop date. They have to get the thing by a certain time. Mm -hmm. And we find when they have these really exact and precise expectations around when they receive their items, they scrutinize that shipping speed and that processing time even more carefully. And so something we hear a lot is that there's often more pre-planning required when it comes to buying something on Etsy. And I know it's a dream state for all of us that we're super prepared and ahead of buying our gifts on time, but that's not always the reality. Definitely not for me at least. (laughs) (laughs) So being really clear and transparent about delivery dates is a key part of buyer's decision-making. And I wanna call out that we also know from our sellers that they spend a lot of time replying to convos and questions about when an item can be delivered, especially if they have long processing times. And as a general rule, buyers' expectations are shaped by what they're accustomed to outside of Etsy as well. So when they think of shipping time, they're not used to accounting for processing time always. And some don't even really understand what that means, especially if they're new to buying on Etsy. So general buyer expectation is sooner is better.
2: Yeah. And I've also seen a lot more sellers offering free shipping on orders, which I'm personally always very excited to see.
4: Yes. Free shipping is a very hot topic. This is something that keeps coming up in research over and over again. In a survey we ran recently, more than half of Etsy shoppers told us free shipping is a top factor in their decision to make a purchase. So this goes back to that earlier insight I shared about the outside world shaping their expectations for Etsy and shopping on Etsy. And buyers not wanting to be bogged down by doing mental math. So free shipping makes it easier on them. There's less to consider and less to factor in. And in fact, buyers have said to us that if prices were just a little bit higher to accommodate free shipping, they wouldn't care. Uh, Their general sentiment is make me feel like I'm getting a deal. Buyers literally say this, just make me feel like I'm getting a good deal. If I don't have to think about it, great. And they tell us that they would spend more if free shipping is offered. So if that means meeting a spend minimum or just something to unlock it, it really does feel like a reward to them at the end of the day.
2: Another thing that I know is important, especially to buyers that are new to Etsy, is just feeling like they can trust the shop. So what can you tell me about what buyers are looking for in a shop before they feel safe making a purchase?
4: It's a great question. We talk a lot about how we can build up buyer trust and confidence. And there's a few themes that always come up. So first and foremost, reminding them and reinforcing them that you're a real person and that they're supporting craftswomanship, craftsmanship, small businesses, they like to put a face to a shop. They like to understand your story and really understand your process. Again, this is, this is all what differentiates Etsy and makes buying special feel so different. And like I've said before, buyers really shop visually. So they scan a page fairly quickly when deciding if they trust a shop. So we hear a lot that reviews and star ratings, both the good and the bad ones, are things that they're looking for quickly. This helps them suss out reliability and consistency and hear what other buyers are saying. They're also looking for things like reliable listing titles. So we like to say no title stuffing that can feel really insincere to a buyer. So title stuffing means throwing in extra keywords or tags and things that just obviously aren't relevant to what they're looking at.
2: Yeah, it also just isn't helpful because then you'll be drawing in people who might not even
4: be interested in your product. Very true. And lastly, when buyers are are shopping and scanning visually, they're also looking for a really tight look and aesthetic within your shop. So if they come across your shop and they see Lots of things that look disjointed from one another, unrelated. Sometimes we find that that can turn off buyers because they're not really sure what your vibe is and if that's something that they relate to.
2: Right. It should be cohesive and Mm -hmm. all kind of make sense together.
4: And because I always have to remind people of this, like I said, not all buyers are the same, so let's talk about trust for our new buyers for just a second. So they are still figuring out what Etsy is. And it takes them a couple times to, and a couple times purchasing even sometimes, to understand what Etsy is all about and to figure out that we're a marketplace even. So they're particularly concerned with some of the more functional or servicey related things. So some of those things like shipping timeframe, the ability of having returns and refunds, and really digging into those reviews. Those are the things that new buyers will spend a little bit more time on.
2: Yeah, I mean, in the past, I've definitely heard people who were new to Etsy say that they didn't realize that they were buying from different people when they were shopping on Etsy.
4: Right. I mean, market. there's not a ton of marketplaces out there. I'm sure we can all point to a few, but they don't have that human component that Etsy does. So we find that that's why new buyers, it takes a little bit more to orient them to
2: what Etsy is. Totally. And even some of those things you just mentioned can be the case for experienced buyers. Like I know that when I'm shopping for clothes, I always look at the return policy. Right. <laughs> or if I'm buying a gift, like we talked about before, the shipping timeframe is really important. So... All those things are great things to be keeping in mind. Another thing that I hear sellers asking about a lot is sales promotions. So what types of sales are buyers more likely to engage with?
4: I know I'm repeating myself here, but what buyers tell us over and over again is they don't like to do complicated math. And that can make something like a sale, which is supposed to be this dopamine hit of feeling good and feeling like you're getting a reward, that can make it feel a little less rewarding. So think about how you feel when you get a good value. They're like, oh, I nailed it. I just found this thing. And it's cheaper than it would be. But when buyers come across things that they consider hard to understand, so sometimes conditional sales, which mean if you buy X, then you'll get X off. So things that require a little bit more of a one, two, three step to figure out.
2: Like buy two items and then you get 10% off. That's not really ideal for buyers.
4: Yeah, because they have to go through a few more steps of, okay, I found this one thing. Do I need the second thing? Mm -hmm. Is the value of that sale, is that really meaningful to me? Uh. So what they are telling us is when considering a sale on Etsy, simplicity is key. They're saying, don't confuse me, please. So, those straightforward sales, the ones that are things like 15% off or free shipping if you spend 40 bucks, 20% off, those are really easy to understand. That's just one step. So, additionally, another thing we're learning with sales is that the urgency framing really matters. So, when we market a sale to buyers, we can tell them you have. X amount of days left, and that really helps. But we see some fatigue and lull and interest there if we run a sale for too long. So we are working to make sales both more discoverable to meet the buyer where she is throughout the site and throughout shopping on different platforms, on listing cards and recently viewed modules and more. So now that we know what
2: factors help win shoppers over, how do you convince them to keep coming back to your shop?
4: So there are a few only on Etsy moments that really make Etsy click for buyers. And this is when we hear that, oh, I get it. Um, And when they really start returning and coming back more frequently. So I can't underscore enough how important it is for buyers to have that high touch feeling and that personal connection with you, the sellers, Mm -hmm. or makers actually, as they often call our sellers. So it's so unique for buyers to have an individual behind their purchase. That's rare, that doesn't really happen online anymore. So anytime they feel like they're creating with you via convos, or they find a common ground through something really unique in your inventory, or they get that bonus special touch With some thoughtful packaging, a handwritten note, or gift wrap. All of these are moments that you can't find anywhere else and keeps them coming back. So you might be wondering okay, what is a high touch feeling and moment? What are those personal interactions? So I'm going to rattle off a few examples of this. So, customized and personalizable items are a big one. This is when buyers really feel like they either made something with you or you made something just for them. And it feels special. That item has longevity and they feel like they made a signature and they made it on Etsy with you. Also emotional experiences. So anytime you can incorporate an element of surprise and inspiration. So back to that handwritten note, that really cool unboxing mm-hmm. moment where there's some extra cute nice packaging inside all of that reinforces that there's a human on the other side that Mm -hmm. packaged this that made this and also the ability to be topical and relevant and really react to pop culture Mm -hmm. style moments and movements all of these things that you as sellers can actually respond to quickly Mm -hmm. that other places can't these are things that make Etsy feel really special And I want to read a few direct quotes from buyers about why they choose Etsy, just because I think this really cements it and helps you understand the magic that you create for them. Mm -hmm. So one time we asked a group of buyers to design a tagline or like a bumper sticker Mm -hmm. for Etsy. So if we were sticking things on the back of your cars, what would they say? And one buyer said, Etsy makes life's little moments make the best memories. That's so sweet. I know. Right. They, they're, sometimes they're, they really pull on the heartstrings. Yeah, very articulate, too. Another thing they said that I wanted to share is, on Etsy, you savor it more rather than just consume it. There's heart and soul, and you feel it, and it lasts. That's the difference of supporting small talent and creatives. I couldn't
2: agree more. I love those quotes so much. So what are some things that I might not have thought to ask you that you have found in your research?
4: You're becoming a researcher of your own, test. (laughs) This is great. I love this question. A few things. So buyers are increasingly coming to Etsy for the first time in search of gifts. Uh, Ah, that's their entry point to Etsy? Yeah, exactly. New buyers are more and more buying gifts for their first purchase. So that's how Etsy is introduced to them. And then they get hooked. After then that. they get hooked. <laughs> I've alluded to this, but buyers really talk, and th- these are their words. They talk about those magical moments on Etsy a lot. And that is something I have never heard in my career working for other brands and marketplaces. That's a lot of warm fuzzies. I have to like I said, I've traveled the world. I've talked to. Thousands of humans about the things that they've bought. I've never heard that same amount of warmth um, mm. that buyers share about their experiences with makers and with Etsy. There's no magical potato chips, is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, I think potato chips are magical. They are pretty much. But not the same kind of warm fuzzy. <laughs> And thirdly, convos. So even if you feel like you may be answering the same questions over and over or you're answering a question that is already on your listing page, this place, convos, the ability to chat back and forth with you is so important so special to buyers. So it's them talking to a shop owner. And at times when there's personalization or customization involved, they really feel like they're creating something alongside you, along with you. And that's really cool to them. And many purchase decisions are made post that convo interaction. So we know just how crucial that comboing piece is to their purchase journey. So that kind of feedback loop and that interfacing are so crucial. Now, I know the flip side of that is that you spend a lot of your time answering convos that are seemingly, you know, fall more into the FAQ category. But... Buyers on the other side really appreciate that response.
2: Yeah, and it just ties back to that whole thing of how much they appreciate that they're buying from a real person. And then when you respond, they're like, oh, yeah, this person does care about me and my experience with their shop. So, And they're real.
4: They're yeah. is, they're, this is a, a lively marketplace. We've talked about a lot. So I just wanted to recap. So just like the unique millions of items that we sell on Etsy, it can be really hard to peg an answer to that question of who is our average buyer? but they're generally identify as female, they're mid to late 30s, they're the milestone they're buying for themselves, they're buying gifts, and they're celebrating those key life moments on Etsy. Another key part of the listing are photos, 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 photos. Mm-hmm. They're also thinking about total price, which often means shipping, and delivery clarity, so knowing when their things are gonna arrive. Also, your reviews, a tight shop look and feel, and shipping speed all help build up buyer trust. And sales and promotions are a great way to increase visibility, but keep it simple for buyers. And lastly, those only on Etsy moments are really what makes Etsy click and keep them coming back more. So you might be wondering, how can I take
2: all this information and apply it to my business? So here are some tips to get you started thinking about these insights that Michaela just shared. First, one way you could help establish that personal connection with buyers and keep them coming back is by filling out your About page and answering your combos in a timely manner. To help build buyer trust, make sure that you have your shop policies in place and to thoroughly fill out your listings. And we'll provide some help articles around those topics in the description for this episode. As we know, photos are crucial, so be sure to use all 10 photo slots and check out the Photography Ultimate Guide. And now that we know how important prices, be sure to research your market so that your prices and shipping costs are aligned with buyer expectations. Okay, so now it's time for the lightning round where we've collected questions for you, Michaela, from the sellers in the forums. Will Oak Studio asks, I've heard criticism of too few choices and of being overwhelmed by too many choices in a shop. Are there any general guidelines for finding the sweet spot in how many choices a shop should offer?
4: So buyers appreciate when a shop feels stocked, but not overwhelming. So aim for having a couple pages to scroll through, or at least 10 listings. But ideally, we find that around 30 is a good sweet spot.
2: Robin from Custom Portrait Art wants to know... If buyers who are shopping for items with a large range of prices, $30 to $3,000, for instance, do they prefer not to be shown a variety of priced items in
4: search results? Do they only prefer to see the least expensive ones? So we found that buyers tend to stick within their budget ranges of what they can afford. So if they tend to buy $30 items, it's rare that they'll branch out and all of a sudden start buying $500 items on other visits. Buyers generally appreciate seeing a mix, so some more aspirational, like, oh, maybe someday wish list items. But when it comes to actually purchasing, uh, we do find that they stick to what is affordable to them and fits in their budget.
2: Magna Carta Carta from Magna Carta Digital Art asks, how much time does it take someone to find that
4: perfect thing they're looking for? So this totally depends on the buyer. Some are more on what we call a spearfishing shopping mission. So they come in, they know exactly what they want, they grab it, they go. And others really enjoy the thrill of finding just the thing and going through pages and pages so they don't experience FOMO. This is another thing we hear a lot, fear of missing out. So that latter example tends to be more of our seasoned buyers, those that like to actually spend a lot of time browsing through pages. And this year, we're focusing a lot of effort on improving both search and discovery. So infusing a little bit of that serendipity with the precision so that we can get better at helping you find the right thing or the right thing find you.
2: Kara from A Cake to Remember has a question about the buyers that you interview in your surveys. They say, I'm curious about how they choose buyers to interview and how big the sample size of each group is generally.
4: All of our research is opt-in participation, meaning we typically send out an email to a cross-section of our buyers, tell them why we're asking for some of their advice and some of their time, and when and where we'd like to chat. So chatting can mean we're either doing that via survey on their own time, uh, in-person, over video, you know, just kind of depends uh, the study. So similarly, the sample size can vary We do international surveys with 14,000 buyers sometimes, or we'll do smaller pulse checks with 500 to 1,000 buyers. And when we're doing in-person user research, we typically recruit five to six buyers for hour-long sessions, and that's pretty normal across other companies as well. We have a system in place so we don't contact the same people over and over again, and we aim to get a good representative spread in our research, meaning we're targeting all sorts of different buyers. Kate from
2: Kawawonga says, I would like to hear if you and your team were involved or researched the new coupon email option and what were the findings of the research?
4: So yes, our research teams and especially the seller research team are involved in this. Targeted offers were a request from both buyers and sellers. And in fact, when we asked sellers about tools to address current gaps, The ability to reach out to buyers when items were left in their cart, or abandoned cart emails as we like to call it, was in the top five most valuable features we should offer. Then likewise, buyers appreciate the tailored approach of sellers reaching out directly. Again, this is that kind of access that is almost like another form of convos for our buyers, which we've mentioned is a big motivator for them.
2: Caroline Brook from Matilda's Meadow wants to know how important buyers feel feedback is to their decision to purchase
4: good question. I'm going to talk about two different kinds of feedback. So feedback from you, uh, the sellers, in the form of speedy responses and combos or thank yous or targeted offers. These are all crucial to that personal and emotional connection we keep talking about. So feedback from others, meaning reviews from other buyers, is also important. They're almost like testimonials about you and your shop. It's another badge of authenticity and security when they hear about your items, your shipping and your follow through from others. And it's on our mind to explore more ways to encourage buyers to give more helpful feedback for other buyers about their experience. Since we know reviews help buyers feel out a potential purchase.
2: This has all been incredibly insightful. So thank you so much for sharing all this, Michaela.
4: Of course, Tess. Thanks so much for having me. This is really fun.
3: Before we go, we'd like to leave you with Shop Talk. For those tuning in for the first time, this is our segment where we post a question in the forums and on the Etsy Success social channels, and you send us your answers by calling in or emailing us a voice memo. We got some amazing responses when we asked you to tell us about a buyer who made an impression on you. Here are some more of
0: your stories. I'm Kimberly of Blinking Eyes Taxidermy. I'll never forget the first time I found myself in the unlikely position of being, for lack of a better term, a pet mortician. A buyer reached out to me asking if I could preserve her pet cockatiel, Wolfie. The woman explained to me that after 26 and a half years, he'd passed away from cancer. There was one extra challenge. See, in Wolfie's fight with cancer, he'd lost his left wing. But it just so happens the woman had kept a bag full of his feathers I could use in an attempt to rebuild his wing. No pressure. (laughs) With a lot of patience, I was able to restore him to his handsome self, and the woman was over the moon seeing Wolfie again. As most of us know, dealing with a pet loss can be just as heartfelt as a death in the family. I'll never forget Wolfie's spirit or the trust his pet owner had in me.
1: Hi, it's Ann from A Family Tree Com. I had gotten a call from a woman who had received my custom engraved wind chime, and she was so emotional it was really hard to understand her. Well, we finally determined that her coworkers had ordered the chime and had forgot to tell her about it. So she told me about what the wind chimes meant to her, and she had lost her dad, and he also loved chimes. So when they ring, she thinks of him. Being both daughters who loved our dads and lost our dads, we really connected with our tears and our heavy understanding hearts together because I've been there and now she's been there and we're now email buddies. She sends me encouraging words and thoughts and it's been going on a couple months now and Molly is just, gosh, I don't know her, I've never met her, but she's like become that email that comes in and really just boosts my spirits for the day. Hi, my name is Laura Alexander. I own the shop
0: Stick'Em Up Baby, a luxury baby milestone shop. And I had a buyer place an order for some baby milestone blocks early last year. And then I got a message from her around November stating that her house had burned down in the California fires and that she had lost everything and she really wanted to get another set of my milestone blocks. She said it was the first thing she wanted to replace, which just touched my heart. So I had got them sent out to her, replaced really fast, and sent her a baby RS gift card so she could buy her daughter some other things that I'm sure she lost in the fire. And she just was very touched by my generosity with that. And she ended up placing a bunch of orders with me then over the next couple of weeks. And her story will always be one that I remember. That's it for today.
3: Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts, including now, Spotify. And if you have a moment, please rate
1: and review us on iTunes. Thanks for listening.